food eaters. Welcome to episode 78 of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. I'm Mel Weinstein, the self-proclaimed prophet of processed foods. Thanks for joining me as I continue to explore the world of ultra-processed foods, the ingredients in those foods, and the relationship to our health. Unlike most podcasts, uh, this one is ad-free. No annoying commercials, no interruptions, no promotions, no requests for your hard-earned cash. Only educational and entertaining content to give your brain something to chew on. Just a brief note about this recording. I was unable, for some unknown reason, to use standalone mics to record this episode, so I had to switch to my trusty iPhone. If you notice a reduction in sound quality, that's the reason. I'm enjoying... Great spring weather here in Illinois with moderate temperatures and very little rain. Not good for crops and vegetable gardens, but great for being outdoors and enjoying the gifts of nature. Speaking of rain, that brings me to the subject of today's program, water. Now, that's a strange topic since this podcast is devoted to exploring and evaluating food ingredients. Of course, water is a food ingredient, but in its purest state, There is only a single ingredient, H2O. However, as you know, walk into any food store and you'll find all kinds of water products, from plain water to water containing various additives for flavor and health. Then, of course, there are the seemingly limitless brands of sparkling or carbonated waters. Hmm, with water, water everywhere, how does a consumer decide what to drink and spend their hard-earned cash on. I was inspired to talk about water today for two reasons. I'm reading a book by Marion Nessel called What to Eat, published in 2007. Some of you may recall that I interviewed Ms. Nessel in episode number 58. She is an emeritus professor of nutrition, food studies, and public health at New York University, and even at the age of 86, tirelessly studies and reports on the influences pertaining to food choices, safety, and marketing. What to Eat takes the reader through a typical supermarket with Nestle providing commentary. The book has a large chapter on water in the marketplace. Although the book is fairly dated now, it still has useful information, and I understand that Nestle is working on a new edition of this book. The second influence occurred at a recent family gathering. I noticed that a niece was drinking liquid death. Intrigued by the name of the beverage, I inquired about it, thinking that it was just another energy drink or beer. Turned out that the can contained nothing more than unflavored sparkling water. The marketing hype was off the charts. It came in a tall black and gold can festooned with a scary skull, including sayings such as murder your thirst and This infinitely recyclable can of stone-cold sparkling water clawed its way from deep inside the earth to murder your thirst. The -the over-the-top marketing was bizarre. You can see a picture of the can in the logo for this episode. So here's what I want to talk about. The history of water, at least in my life. Is there an obvious choice between tap water and bottled water? What are the upsides and downsides? Cost-wise, how do they compare? What do I drink these days? When I think back to growing up in the 50s and 60s, I don't remember encountering bottled water. 
to quench my thirst, I just got water out of the tap or in a restaurant. Ice water was just automatically brought to the table. I don't think I ever carried water around with me, no matter how hot it was. Didn't need to. All the parks, malls, and public spaces had drinking fountains. I remember around the age of 10, I was playing Little League Baseball. One day, under a scorching hot sun, I was in the outfield when suddenly I collapsed from sunstroke. Nobody brought me a bottle of water. They probably didn't exist. Somehow, I must have made it to a drinking fountain. I'm really not sure when I first encountered bottled water. My guess is that it followed not too long after the introduction of Gatorade in 1965, which was promoted to athletes and would-be athletes, and then later to the general public as a replenisher of liquids and minerals lost during athletic performances. Thereafter, intensive marketing by soft drink manufacturers radically increased the sales of bottled water in the USA. Of course, the manufacturers were motivated by the fact that bottled water sales carried greater margins. After all, the same water was used for both types of products. Here are some facts from Wikipedia. On average, in 1975, Americans drank only a gallon of bottled water per person per year. 20 years later, the amount was 26 gallons. In 2008, sales topped 8.6 billion gallons and captured 29% of the beverage market, second only to soft drinks. In 2016, that number went up to 13 billion gallons. From 1970 to 2012, 195 water brands were introduced. About 25% of bottled water comes from municipal sources. Examples are Dasani by Coca-Cola and Aquafina by PepsiCo. Other sources of bottled water include rivers, lakes, springs, and wells. Another element driving increased water consumption was the concept of proper hydration. Various organizations and companies were implanting in our brains the importance of getting enough water each day, with some advocating up to eight eight-ounce glasses, that's a half a gallon, or even up to a gallon. All of a sudden, just being thirsty was no longer a sufficient trigger for getting enough fluid. If the specified goal wasn't met, all kinds of detrimental consequences were predicted. Here's a quote from Healthline. To date, there is very limited research to show that drinking more than your hydration requirements benefits your health. Given that evidence is lacking and many factors affect individual needs, drinking a gallon of water per day is likely arbitrary and unnecessary, unless your body requires that much water for proper hydration, end quote. It's also important to note that on average, 20% of our hydration needs are met from the water already in the food. Industry certainly recognized a great marketing tool when they saw one. The issue of where you should get your water is a complicated one. There are pros and cons on both sides. Let's start with municipal water straight from the tap. Here are the pros. It's the cheapest source. In terms of taste, the majority of consumers can't tell the difference in blind testing. Regulated by state and federal agencies like the EPA, tap water is monitored 
and this uh, came about as a result of the federal 1974 Safe Drinking Water Act. And of course, tap water is readily available. Here are the cons. The water can be contaminated once it leaves the plant via compromised or dirty pipes. It may need filtering. People with compromised immune systems could get sick from exposure to the parasite cryptosporidium, which doesn't get filtered out. In many communities, the water is fluoridated to strengthen tooth enamel and to prevent tooth decay in children. Some people claim that there are health problems associated with fluoridation. However, there's no ample scientific evidence to support those claims. All right, now let's look at uh, bottled water, the pros. Certainly convenient for traveling. It, it could be a backup for emergencies. Uh, think of the debacle in Flint, Michigan, where in switching over uh, the source of the water supplies in that, for that city, uh, high levels of lead, iron, and bacteria were found. Many varieties of bottled water provide taste, carbonation, micronutrients, etc. Here are the cons. Environmental disaster. A plastic often winds up in landfills. It threatens marine life. And the byproducts could wind up in the food chain. Plastic contains endocrine disruptors like bisphenol A, which can alter hormonal activities in the body. There's no mandatory testing. It's not monitored by the EPA. Contaminants exceeding the limits could be missed. And so the testing is left to the individual companies that produce the water. With long shelf life, plastic components could leach into the bottle contents over time. And microplastic particles could wind up in the water supply as a contaminant. And lastly, needless to say, it's expensive. I'll cover that in a little bit. For those of you who are curious, the Environmental Working Group, a not-for-profit watchdog organization, maintains a tap water database where you can look up your local water treatment facility to view contaminants and their levels. However, you have to be cautious because the EWG not only compares the results to the EPA limits, but also lists their maximum limits, which are considerably lower. For example, if a report shows arsenic at 0.2 parts per billion in the city water, that result is well below the maximum set by the EPA at 10 parts per billion. But the EWG lists 0.004 parts per billion as their limit, which is orders of magnitude lower. Consumer Reports provides a list of 120 bottled water companies that provide water quality reports. You can look up a particular brand and see what test results they obtained for particular contaminants. See the show notes for the link. As regards taste, studies have shown that most people prefer tap water or bottled water with a medium mineralization, regardless of the source. Note that in one recent study, just 36% of the participants were able to distinguish between bottled water and tap water. Now, let's get to the aspect of water that interests me the most. How much more expensive is bottled water than tap water? I went to Kroger's, a local grocery store, to check out the water options. Shockingly, there were two whole aisles devoted to water, including everything imaginable purified tap water, 
mineralized water, alkaline water, flavored water, distilled water, fizzy water, both flavored and unflavored, water with added vitamins, smart water, had uh, distilled water and mineralized water, water sourced from municipalities, aquifers, wells, mountains, etc. The choices were mind-numbing. Counting all the variations, I found about 39 non-carbonated and 121 seltzer waters, flavored and unflavored. To determine the costs, I converted a select group of brands to a gallon basis and using list prices came up with a cost of dollars per gallon. Note that carbonated water seltzers were not included in this list. Here are my findings. The cheapest water was a gallon of Kroger distilled water at $1.29, sold in a plastic container. A pack of 15 10-ounce bottles of purified Kroger water cost $3.24 per gallon. Of course, purchasing smaller containers upped the price considerably. The Smart Water brand, featuring distilled water with minerals, in 12 33.8 ounce bottles cost $7.88 per gallon. Liquid Death Mountain Water mentioned before and a pack of 8 19.2 ounce cans cost $11.66 per gallon. The most expensive water I could find was Bai Watermelon, that's B-A-I, featuring an antioxidant infusion in a six pack of six by 14 ounce bottles at $18.28 per gallon. That's some fancy water. Think about this a moment. If you use buy to satisfy a daily consumption of one half gallons, you would spend over $3,300 per year to satisfy your thirst and hydration needs. That's a bunch of money. A useful comparison would be to calculate how much I pay for a gallon of tap water. In April, that cost came to 1.3 cents per gallon, which is almost 100 times cheaper than the lowest cost of water at Kroger's, distilled water sold by the gallon. So, regarding drinking water choices, you could pay from $1.29 to $18.28 per gallon, at Kroger's for bottled water, or pay 1.3 cents for tap water, if your local provider has a cost similar to mine. You wouldn't have to be much of a mathematician to calculate the savings and apply it to a good filter or purification machine for your tap water. Smart marketing and advertising dollars have lured many Americans into buying bottled water. That's unfortunate. They don't need it. Apart from stocking up in emergencies, the choice of bottled water sounds financially stupid. As regards my personal choices, I don't drink tap water at home. Back in 1991, I purchased a used distiller, which produces a gallon of water over about a four-hour period. With just a few downtimes for maintenance, that machine has supplied my drinking water needs for 32 years. To replace my former addiction to soft drinks, I do occasionally purchase flavored seltzer water. However, I find the flavors really weak and I need the boosted flavor at home with a flavor concentrate and add a little stevia for sweetness. Sometimes I will buy some small plastic bottles of water to take on a trip, but my annual expense in that category is really low. In summary, 
When you weigh one against the other, filtered slash purified tap water is a much better buy than bottled water. Better for the environment, cheaper, and reliable. Bottled water can come in handy for certain occasions, particularly if the local water supply gets contaminated, compromised, or shut down, or you want to stock water for emergency purposes. Otherwise, save your money. In America, thanks to the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, we have one of the safest municipal water supplies in the world. Lastly, I want to again remind listeners of my new book available on Amazon. It's called Fast Food Ingredients Revealed. It's a guide that pulls the curtain aside and reveals the industrial ingredients used by McDonald's, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. A small subset of menu items for each restaurant is broken down into its individual ingredients. The additives are identified and described in a comprehensive glossary in the appendix. A more detailed glimpse at some of the more interesting and surprising additives is included in the text. The reader will get a good introduction into the abundance of chemicals used in the fast food industry. Furthermore, a unique scoring system created by the author grades each menu item to provide an assessment of the degree of industrialization of each food item examined. The score roughly reveals how far from natural the food item has evolved. To order the book, go to Amazon and type my name or title in the search engine. That's it for today, food eaters. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you know others who would enjoy this podcast, please share the episode by sending a link in a text or by sharing it to your social media pages. If you have a moment, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating at Apple or the iTunes store. If you don't have a streaming device, you can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. If you want to shoot me a message, I can be reached at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed, all one phrase, at gmail.com. Until later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is called Deadly Roulette, composed by Kevin McLeod.